You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. And welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 114. We'll be discussing the brand new solo trailer. I'm Ernie Rose, Tim. I'm Troy. Man, I'm shaking off some of that rust. Yeah, man. Get it out you. Yeah, it's been a few <laughs> weeks since I podcast, but I'm happy to be back at the table, but sad that we are missing our boy, Sanjay. He injured himself working out or doing something crazy. I don't really know. Maybe sewing up that Chewbacca costume. Yeah, maybe. Does his own stunts, I guess, in his videos. Yeah, Who maybe, knows? maybe. But he will be back next week in the seat to discuss maybe a little bit of the solo trailer. But again, all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. I'm happy to be back at the mic here. It's been a few weeks since I've recorded. And man, what a few weeks it was. I'm going to kick this off. We're going to do our weekend nerd here like we always do. But I'm actually going to take a stab at this first. I usually throw it to the guys. But yeah. I'm going to be a bit selfish on this first <laughs> podcast back because I feel like I'm going to get something out here. Yeah, give it to us, man. Well, I was spent the last week or so down in Orlando. I did a week back home with my parents. But prior to that, we were down in Orlando in Disney World. Completely immersed ourselves in everything that Disney has to offer there. We took our daughter. She's three and a half. And my mom came along with us, which is also very awesome because my wife and I got to skip out and do some cool, pretty cool things. But like I said, we immersed ourselves in Disney for a whole week. And man, this company, like they, they control Star Wars, they control Marvel, Pixar, all that stuff. But what they do down there. Now, I've been down there quite a few times when I was younger. But this is the first time taking a little one there. And I have to say, I had the absolute best time down there. It is so much fun. If you ever have the opportunity to go down there, just, just to wander around the parks Get yourself immersed in that atmosphere. Everyone's happy. There's so much going on. There's so much Star Wars down there. Not as much Marvel, but man, like I absolutely loved everything we did down there. Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios. That's the big one. That's the Star Wars day we did where we got to see these live shows with Phasma, Stormtroopers, got Darth Maul whipping around the double-bladed lightsaber, Vader out there. They had this thing called the Launch Bay, which takes you through some of the processes that they've gone through in building The Last Jedi, Row One, this new Star Wars land, what they're doing there, and then you get some memorabilia and all that, costumes all on display, and then we've got Star Tours, and it was just an absolute blast. It was a great disconnect from real life. I turned my work phone off, and the other thing that we did here, Star Wars related, was this thing called The Void. Now, this is in Disney Springs. This is kind of like their downtown Disney thing. And basically what it is, is you throw on this virtual reality gear, this chest piece, this back piece, this helmet, and you immerse yourself in a rebel mission disguised as a stormtrooper. But it's all VR. So you're like physically walking through all of these rooms, pulling latches, getting guns. Vader shows up. Like It's insane what they've done there with the VR. Now, the graphics aren't 100%. They're probably like your 85% solution. Okay. But it's incredible. Like, it's so much fun. Like, I can't speak highly enough about the Disney world. It's expensive as hell, but man, was it worth it. <laughs> man, that sounds so cool. So these characters, like Maul and whatnot, were they all in character too while, while you see them? Or were they like more of like on like a stage? On a big stage. Oh, okay. So they do like every 
hour they do a big march with phasma and some stormtroopers right and then half an hour later they do like basically it's this montage through the years through the saga where you have nice some clips coming up from each individual individual film and then you have a character from that film come out and do a bit of a show and nice. some of the fireworks popping off so you got like chewbacca maul vader c3po and r2 roll out so it's really cool. cool what they got down there so and like i got a quick peek over the fence too of the new star wars land you can't see much because these big boards up but you can see the cranes and all that and some of the big peaks on the mountains that they're putting together right that it's going to be unreal when that land is finished, Star oh, Wars land coming in 2019, and it's called what's it called again? The name Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy Edge, which I heard, um, I believe that planet, whatever it is, is going to be in the Thrawn book. Is it? It's meant to be referenced in there somewhere. Okay. So that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So okay, I'm going to say spoiler alert for Star Tours. Yeah. But at the end of Star Tours, I believe the planet you finish on is Galaxy's Edge. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So it's it's kind of cool. Nice. Or whatever planet area. I don't know. What do you want to call it? But yeah, it's I had an absolute blast. It was like I said, a great disconnect from real life. But I'm happy to be back at the table because for sure. I missed a lot. You guys held it down. Yeah, cheers. Last week talking Superman and comics and film, yeah. building into the action comics one hundred. So you guys haven't checked that episode out. Just go back one to one hundred and thirteen, check out my boys Troy and Sanjay holding down the fort while I was off gallivanting in Disney World. And then also check out our MC retrospective episode on the Winter Soldier. We're building into Infinity War, which drops in just a few weeks, man. Yes. The anticipation is incredibly it's high. Real. I can't wait, man. It's gonna be nuts. Actually, so that's interesting. So you're saying it's more Star Wars over there than Marvel. Oh, yeah. When you say that, do you get to see a little bit more Rogue One or were you seeing more solo going on? It was or, very or much the last Jedi. Very much say. the last Jedi. Yes. Yeah. Like solo is not really prevalent. Like we don't have any merch release yet anywhere, right. even in the Disney parks. I did pick up two things as we're talking about our weekend nerd. I solo three and three quarter inch tee, like a baseball tee. Mm -hmm. It was for the force for change. So it's really cool. Like red and orange with Chewie and solo on the front. And then there's these pins that I grabbed too. another force for change thing. So that was a first and only solo merch. I saw there's a few, there's women's and children's shirts cool. with the same decal on it. Yeah. But yeah, no solo merch. A lot of Last Jedi stuff and almost no Marvel stuff. Like, none. That's crazy like, there's to me. no character presence anywhere that I saw. No like, Iron Disney Man's walking around no, or anything. No, nothing like wow. that. In Disneyland, when I was there a few years ago, there was, in Tomorrowland, there was a few Marvel exhibits. I don't know if they're still there. But nothing down in the world. Wow. And there is a few shops that are Marvel exclusive shops. But when we're looking at what's there there's nothing different than we have up here whether it's black series the or not black series legends sorry and then some of the black panther stuff that was kind of the focus but not much there so they don't, their focus really isn't on marvel in the right. parks as of yet lots of elite series you know going along with the disney store stuff yeah there's lots of elite yeah. series there's some black series down there yeah. too but nothing more than really the droid factory as far as exclusives i did pick up the exclusive Last Jedi Droid Factory, two green droids. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, there's nothing really that we don't have here in Canada that they do have exclusive at the parks. Now, that might change yes. as we get closer to Solo. There usually is a few things that do pop up. But at the end of the day, that's what we got. And I'm happy that we're getting relatively the same things. But it's cool to get a few little memorabilia from the parks to kind of show off here in the nerd room. Because, you know, I got... I got challenge this week yes too. sir <laughs> i'm currently piecing together my nerd room after moving here but troy threw an awesome video up on youtube composed by himself and sanjay last week and he challenged me using the hashtag peak the nerd room 
and our boy Chop Rules with a Z to show off our nerd room. So this is a, a trend, a thing that Troy is trying to get started up here, and it's just to get everyone to share their nerd room, share who they are through what they do and what they set up. So I'm gonna be hopefully posting a video at some point in the next, I'm gonna say five or so days. I'm trying to get this in, in peak condition to show it off on video. But yeah, Troy, tell us a little bit about the video, where, where you came up with the idea, and uh, hopefully, or maybe some of the ideas around how you wanna see this spread a little. Yeah, man, I'm just interested. You know, this whole thing's uh, all about collecting, and you pretty much got me into the whole Black Series stuff, the action <laughs> figures as it is. So it's like a, a full circle going along here. But, you know, joining the Commonwealth, and everybody's just so cool on this network, and I just love to see everyone's collections, whether it's Grabs, you, Sanjay. Well, we've seen Sanjay stuff, yeah. obviously. Uh, Chopper, everyone out there. Izzy, if you're out there listening too, I'd love to see your guys' stuff and uh, just kind of spread the word around, man. I, I just love to see it. Anybody out there listening. Um, and that's really about it. Thanks for everybody out there listening too that checked out the video. Much appreciated. It is, is a lot of fun. Sanjay held it down on the camera work. <laughs> a little Michael Bay going on there. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's all around a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's good. And I'm really looking forward to it too because it's like the nerd room is a lot about your own personality too. Yes. And that's one thing I really like. You have your setup in a certain way with certain things prominently featured. I'm the same way here. Sanjay with the movies and yes. all that. So we're looking to see that personality through your nerd room. So if you don't have the platform or you want to send us a video or show us your nerd room or whatever, just use the hashtag peak the nerd room. We're going to be tagging people as we go through here. I'm going to be nominating some people myself nice. as well, but we can throw that up on our YouTube page as well. So the nerd room podcast on YouTube, look for that. That's where the videos are going to be going. And we're hoping to get this rolling and a bit more momentum behind it and see what you guys got to show, to show off your nerd rooms to the world. And this is an iterative thing too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's constantly evolving the fluidity of the nerd room. Everything's changing out here. I'm, I got, I got stacks of black series oh, all around man. us right now. I'm trying to get everything out and on the walls before doing the video, but I'm super excited. Oh, about that. it's going to be nuts. Stay tuned guys. I'm in the nerd room right now and it's going to be bananas. Stay tuned. <laughs> Keep it locked here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, you guys had an exciting few weeks doing the podcast, doing the video, but how about your week in nerd, your weeks in nerd? You get any collecting updates, comic updates? <sighs> Nothing on Disney world, man. No. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I got the Black Panther album and it's dope. It's it good, really yeah. good. Yeah. I've been, I've been killing that album a lot. It's a lot of Kendrick Lamar throughout the whole thing. And, uh, you kind of get like, like the intro is, is, uh, T'Challa's intro. And yeah. then throughout the CD, you get like, um, a Killmonger intro. It's really cool. They play around nice. with that. So it's a good CD. Um, I got the still book of the last Jedi. Um, I haven't watched the film, um, uh, but I've been doing a lot of behind the scenes. I did, uh, the director and the Jedi. Nice. I give it props just because I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm sure you'll watch it. But I like how honest the behind the scenes are, uh, particularly talking about Mark Hamill, how he felt about the role of, of Luke, and he's very honest about it throughout this whole little documentary. And I, I really like what they did there, and um, all around some great stuff. There's some deleted scenes that I'm like, man, I really wish they kept those scenes. There's some really great stuff. It's cool to see just Ryan Johnson's perspective and his vision and what he. Uh, takes from this world of star wars it's uh it, it's all around it's it's pretty cool and man the score is so good in this film. yeah it it's is so good it's next it, level it might be one of my favorites man and and that says a lot because star wars as it is just has this incredible score yeah well you just yeah. delivered my steelbook from sunjay yes. so shout out to sunjay for hooking us up or continuing to hook us up with those steelbooks oh yeah and i have not watched this film in several months since my second showing yeah so i'm really excited to get back into this i feel 
that the second viewing was really redemptive for me for right. a lot of aspects. So I'm hoping going into this third viewing that I'm going to have that appreciation or more appreciation for the film. I came in on the positive end of things with The Last Jedi. I'm hoping to take more away from it on this third viewing, this home viewing, and then also jumping into the extra content, the bonus content, because that's something that stores has always done really well. Yes, yes. I can't wait to talk to you about that. And actually, going back to collecting, going into a little bit of spoilers here, this is to do with Darth Vader issue 13 i believe Ooh, i don't know if is I that the one that you yet. did um the last one you did i saw a comment on twitter is between you and somebody another and you're talking about who could that jedi be oh yes so i think okay. that was 13 yes 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 okay. so there's so spoilers for yes. darth vader here we're gonna say out loud so if you haven't read darth vader yeah. 13 maybe jump ahead one minute or so yeah, so um, nothing's come out since then, I don't believe. No, I don't Okay, think so. so we're still there. So I, I so I just want to know your theory. Like, who do you think this possible Jedi could be? Because this, this comic book takes place basically right after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. But then now we've gone like a three-year jump. Yeah, so there's something with that three-year jump. Yes. There was an issue with one of, the, I think it's the sixth sister that's in there. The one that's killed in, spoiler alert here, the one's killed in Ahsoka. Yes. Sh- shouldn't be there at that point in time. So there was a bit of retconning going on. I don't think that jump actually exists. There is a jump, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's that far. Oh. Okay. But anyway, so that, that's neither here nor there at this point. Gotcha. But my theory for that Jedi that is, um, she's helping out the Mon Calamari. Right. So she's kind of advising them. I say I keep saying she. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> and so it looks like a female to me. Okay. I'm yeah. thinking Ahsoka. Okay, Ahsoka, this is, so we're saying this is either three years or right after Revenge of the, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I think it's, there's some time, sort of time jump. I'm not yeah. sure if it's three years. Right. But there, I think on the digital copy, they, they fixed it and said, no, 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 it's not that big of a jump. Oh, it's really? It's sometime later. Well, that's yeah, because there's, there was a bit of a continuity error because I think the sixth sister shows up on a cover later on. I think it's a sixth sister. I can't remember. Okay. The one that had kind of the, the one that, is in the uh, Soka novel. It's not a sister; it's a brother. Yeah, it's a brother. Six yeah. brother, right? Yeah, six brother. Right. So there's something funny there. Anyways, it, like I said, it's neither here nor there. But I think it's Ahsoka. That's uh, just I don't know why okay. I immediately went there. Yeah. But that's what I'm thinking. What do you, What are your thoughts on that? Um, did you get that same Did you get the same impression that it was a female? No, I, I didn't. I uh, I still believe it could be. One is reaching, but the one I, I think it could possibly be is Quillen Voss. I think it would okay. be Quillen Voss just because um, coming off of to the uh, Dark Disciple, he would refer to Anakin. He would say Skywalker. Yeah. He wouldn't say Anakin. Ahsoka would say like, like yeah, Ahsoka wouldn't say, because I think the way that novel ends or that comp ends is that the person says Skywalker, right? Is that, okay. Is that what they so, say? So, yeah, you might be right. Now that now that I'm thinking back, yeah. they do say Skywalker. It's definitely not Ahsoka then. Yeah, because she wouldn't refer to him as that. She doesn't know who Vader is until and, 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 and that, until that Rebels point. episode, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and before seeing Ahsoka like drawn or, or colored in with the uh, the whole Jedi robe, you could yeah. always see kind of her yeah, you're right. throughout it. So I'm poking holes here <laughs> in my theory. <laughs> Sorry. Very good holes. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know if it was Quinlan Voss or if, it, if I'm reaching if it could be uh, Mace Windu, which would be just just nuts because you would get like a crazy, crazy fight. But I'm pretty sure he's, he's dead. dead. He has to be yeah. dead. So to bring him back in a comic would be a little iffy. But they've done crazier things like Maul coming True. back. True. But um, I'm going to go with Quinlan Voss. That's who I'm hoping to see. Okay. Have those two battle it out, especially because he's dipped in the dark side himself. So yeah. you see those two go at it because we haven't seen him killed off yet. Was Quinlan Voss on that list? I think. 
I, I think he was. Yes. Yeah, so that makes was. sense. Yeah. That that list that was in one of the um, previous comic books yes. that he kind of pulled yeah, up. Like issue 10 or yeah, nine the or remaining Jedi or exactly. whatever that they that they know of. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, I so, like uh, that way better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Well, I look forward knows. to issue 14, which should drop here soon. Pretty soon, probably this Wednesday. Yeah. So by the time you guys hear this, it'll be out. Yeah, interesting. That's yeah. it's a cool tease. I love that arc. Oh, like the whole great. all the stuff with Radis and you get Akbar in there as well. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> oh, it's incredible, man. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And I think they're doing a Mon Calamari arc in the Star Wars run too. That's as right. Well. That's right. Can you be keeping up with that book? No, I'm way behind. Oh, I'm about okay. twenty issues behind on that book. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that was one of the ones that I kind of dropped off. Mm-hmm on my pull list there but yeah vader man get into it everyone get into it remains my favorite right now yeah it's huge 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 and then outside of that for me my comic books haven't read anything recently and you guys heard my collecting update from disney world and realistically i'm kind of going back through here and recataloging all my black series i put up the first 11 from the original orange box run i'm missing one i'm missing anakin and a clone trooper actually there's 13 is it the red Um, one it's the the clone troopers. No, it's just the white clone trooper. Oh, all white. Okay. Yeah, all yeah. white. So I am missing a couple there. So we're gonna have to go on the hunt for some black series on eBay. But that's gonna be my focus going forward: is getting the nerd room set up and then hopefully pumping out a video. Nice. Looking yeah. forward to it, man. <laughs> yeah, it should be good. Should be good. All right. Well, let's jump into some listener questions. And one thing I'm gonna say at the start here is Matthew Salver. He did throw us a question, but it's something that Sanjay should be present for. It's about animated shows and Sanjay's got a lot of background and he's committed a lot of time to watching the DC. So Matthew, I do apologize, but I'm going to slide this into next week to a Sanjay's back because I think we'll get a much better discussion if he's present. So apologies there. So we just got two listener questions here and we did get one late from Stubaka as well, which is a kind of one that Sanjay should be present for. So Stu and Matthew, thank you very much for sending those questions in. They will be on episode 115 next week, but we're going to jump into Grabs's question for this week. Now he sent me this a couple of weeks ago before I even left in anticipation of this episode. And I know he threw one to you guys last week about when the cat's away. So that was yeah. awesome too. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but Grabs writes here, hello, Tim, Troy, and an absent Sanjay. I threw in the absent there. With Easter in our rear view mirrors and lucky parents still finding the eggs they hid too well, it's natural to bring forth the question of Easter eggs in movies, shows, and hopefully comic books. My personal favorite in movies is Toy Story, when the Bidford toolbox falls on Woody, with Bidford being the company that Tim Allen worked for in Home Improvement. It makes me feel really in the know to catch it on the first viewing my question for you three is what easter eggs in movies tv and comics are your favorite which hidden gems are you proud to say you discovered on your own and which took outside help to recognize lastly if you're willing can you share an easter egg that you missed on your own that you're a little embarrassed to discuss (laughs) your friend and hashtag cause for cosplay supporter grabs so that last cause for cosplay so i threw a tweet out go check out her twitter feed you're trying to get as sanjay <laughs> asked for 500 likes or retweets we're nowhere near that <laughs> but he said if we could get that that or we said that we would dress up as han and lando to go along with sanjay who lost a bet uh that is now dressing as chewbacca for the solo premiere we said if we got that that 
we would dress up. Yep. Now, someone threw out cause for cosplay on one of the on the feed there, so I really like that. So yeah. that ended up being the hashtag for That's this. Awesome. So I'm gonna repost this as this episode drops and start retweeting or liking. If we get even anywhere close to that, I'll consider it. <laughs> but at this point, Sanjay, you're riding solo to solo. <laughs> All right, Troy. So yeah, Easter eggs in films. Let's let's enlighten the listeners on some of our favorite from either movies, TV or comic books you got a few you want to throw out there um boy there's so many um you know i could pretty much say anything from the pixar films there's that whole pixar theory out there and i i love that theory it actually makes me like the movies even more just thinking if that actually exists out there um so all that stuff's pretty cool uh what's another one i always love the stan lee cameos of course those are always great um man there's there's so many cameos out there. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Well, I can flash quickly, actually, to most embarrassing. Yeah. And this this one's crazy. I missed the Rogue One C-3PO and R2-D2. Really? I missed it twice. <laughs> so the first time, I remember it was like, oh, my God, C-3PO. And I'm like, I, I, I didn't see it. Like I, I just never saw it. And then I saw it again in theaters. And I'm waiting for it. And I'm looking for it. And I, and I still missed it. I don't think I actually saw it until I actually owned the Blu-ray. Wow. <laughs> yeah, which is just brutal. So that's what I'm totally embarrassed about. But um, you know what? Going off of that same film, I loved the uh, the reference, the call out to Sindula. I thought oh. that was great. We see Chopper. like I, I missed Chopper on my first view. Okay, okay. Yeah, I missed yeah. it. So Rogue One had yeah, had a lot in there. Oh, yeah. That but, was great. But Chopper is one I missed. I caught the Sindula the first time. Yeah. And only about half the people we went with caught Sindula. Yeah. But only half probably knew who she was. Right. Well, at the time, I didn't know if it was Cham or yeah. if it was Hera. So I was just I was blown away by the, the call out. And, and actually, going into uh, Last Jedi, right off the bat, when they're on Crate, I saw Gareth Edwards. I was like... Whoa, that's Gareth Edwards. Like, right away, I saw that dude. <laughs> I miss I, that. I love that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I miss that yeah. one, too. <laughs> well, I, you know, the Marvel films have always been awesome for Easter eggs. Every film is peppered with them. Yes. And probably one of my favorites, and the one I'm proudest that I knew right off the bat, was the Thanos in Avengers number one. Oh, yeah. The, the callback to Thanos, the Infinity Gauntlet, Death. And everything that's coming and culminating in the next few weeks. Yes. Like, that was the kickoff to it. And I remember people saying, when we're leaving the theater, Who, wh- what was um, Hellboy doing in the film? <laughs> like, seriously, no one had that's any crazy. clue who this guy was. And I just recently got into comics the year before, and I had found the cosmic, I had found Thanos. So when he turned around, I was like, whoa, yeah, what is going on here? And it just blew my brain apart. Like, that was when the universe became something huge, something yes. big. And we all thought that Thanos was going to be in Avengers 2. Yes. And then they pushed it to Avengers 3. Like, there's a lot that goes into that. And that's why that's one of my favorite Easter eggs. That's but you also call. had, and I didn't catch this. This was well into my MCU viewing days when I finally caught the Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. Now, that was, someone had posted that and I found, like, I found it by pausing. I would have never seen that otherwise. Right. So that, that's a pretty cool one. Um, the Cap Shield. Oh, in, of course. In, in Iron Man. In both Iron Man. Yes, that's right. That's so right. So another embarrassing one. It wasn't until we did the retrospective episode in Iron Man 1 that I actually caught the shield that was in Iron Man 1. I think it's there's a scene he's sitting on a workbench or something. Yeah. It's not the Coulson one from 2. Yeah, because that's what I always remember. That's, when he's like, here, I need that to fix yeah. something. That's the one I always remember. Yeah, and yeah. there's one in one that's just kind of off, and I never caught that one. That's hilarious. Until we did the retrospective episode and kind of had those goggles on. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then how about um, one more recently, Civil War? I love the Ant-Man Hawkeye when he's on the arrow. Oh, of course. From Avengers 223. Like, that's a classic comic book cover. Yeah. And it's just right there in Civil War, that one. And then I guess also another throwback to Civil War is when you see the Iron Man cap 
the frame oh, out yeah. and the, with the repulsor ray the against shield. the shield. Huge call to, to, I believe it's the final issue of Civil War. Yeah, issue 8, was it? Yeah, issue yeah. 8, all right on the cover. Yeah. Beautiful cover, beautiful callback in Civil War. Those, yeah. those are some of my favorites. And the Stanley, like you said, his are awesome, but it was really Guardians 2 that was my favorite Stanley. That was Stan great, Lee. with the Be- washers? Yes, because yes. it contextualized everything. Because there's this theory going on mm-hmm. for, for years that Stan Lee, him appearing in every Marvel film in every iteration of a universe, whether yep. it's Spider-Man, X-Men, whatever, he there's this theory going around that he was a Watu the Watcher. Yes. And they find him, finally give us a little bit of a nod to that with him kind of hanging out with the Watchers, telling, oh, I was the FedEx guy from Civil War and all this, <laughs> right? So it, it was really cool that they took all those nice nods, those cameos, those ones that everyone looks for and goes, hey, it's Stan Lee. Yeah. And those, those little Easter eggs and said, no, this is something even bigger, which is awesome. I love it. it it's huge. It's huge. And you know, two other ones I quickly remembered, uh, going back to George Lucas, is the Indiana Jones franchise when they do yeah. Club Obi-Wan. That one's pretty cool. I think it's you see it on the signs for Club Obi-Wan. Yeah. Obviously, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then I think it's uh, Phantom Menace or it could be even Revenge of the Sith. You see E.T. Yes. Which is just hilarious. Yeah, that's awesome. Back then, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think, too, there was one on the internet not too long ago, now that you mentioned Indiana Jones, that on, I don't know, remember which film it is, if it's Last Crusade or Raiders of the Lost Ark, there is a cave drawing that has C-3PO and R2-D2 on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Never caught that one. That yeah. one's from the internet. Yeah, I saw that on the internet too. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. That, that's something that you have to scour for. But yeah, yeah. both being George Lucas films, yeah. kind of connecting those universes up. Pretty cool. But yeah, like I, I absolutely love Easter eggs. And I'm trying to think about some in, in comic books, but there's some cool ones in the Ultimates when it's called back to... Uh, Actually, it was kind of a foreshadowing because they called that Samuel L. Jackson with a likeness to Nick Fury. Right. They even call it at one point Robert Downey Jr. playing, playing Tony Stark in the films. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. There is um, you know, not too long ago, I think it was the Avengers run. I don't know if this was an Easter egg or maybe I was just looking way too into it, but there's some art panels where like I think the Avengers were on some kind of off-world planet. And some of these like miscellaneous creatures look like Star Wars characters. Oh, and I don't really? know if that's just a reference. Like one guy looked like Darth Vader without the helmet on, oh, kind of, and yeah. looked kind of like Anakin, Darth Vader like. And and I was like, whoa, that looks very similar to Star Wars. And I don't know if that's just a reference or I was just looking way too hard in some of these panels. You never that one? It might have been yeah. Bendis. No, I think it's it after was Bendis. Hickman. Bendis. It's Hickman. Because I think is it the one where it's like the fake Justice League. Because there was like all these weird characters that yeah. came from a different universe. It was like a really weird fake Justice been. League. It was like a Batman character, a Superman character. Oh, yeah. It, it might have been. It was it kind of a been. weird dog. And it wasn't that long ago. No. Right. I think I know what you're talking <laughs> about. But I think uh, the one I'm thinking of is more of a... It was a really obvious reference to the Justice, Justice League. League. yeah. Being... It was during um, Hickman's... Time the, Runs Out? No, time runs out. Yeah, yeah, it was all during that arc. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, that makes sense. But yeah, like Easter eggs, that's probably one of my favorite things in, in film right now. Yes. Like looking for those things. And sometimes they're a bit distracting because you're hunting for them. Right. But at the same time, like just look at, I guess, even the Guardians universe. Oh, the collector's Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, oh. Beta Ray. Yeah. And you had Howard the Duck. You had Cosmo in there. Yeah, the Cocoon. The Cocoon. Right. You had the elves, the Chitauri and yes. those. And so there's so much packed into those films and that's why it has a ride in disneyland but it's it's it kind of like grab said it it kind of brings you in and makes you feel like you're in the know when you get these off references to little things to things and callbacks to the water comic book universe and how it connects it all up and makes it feel cohesive 
like we're getting it all. So yeah. I, I really like that. It's a great question. Like I could, we could talk about Easter all eggs day. for all day, but those are some of the favorites, some of the ones that we had missed, and some of the ones that are a bit more embarrassing. I do like the C three PO one because it's like right there. I know it's right there, and it was even worse. I missed it the second time in theater, and I was like, "What is going on?" So ah, brutal. But hey, yeah, grabs great question, man. Love yeah, that. loving it. And now the next question comes from our good friend over at Talk Stars, Mark. But prior to getting to the question, we just have a quick news story that we have to discuss a bit before getting into his question to help contextualize it a little bit. Now, a few weeks ago, at the end of March, Marvel announced that the Fantastic Four would return to Marvel Comics. We saw their demise quite a few years ago, two years ago, I believe. And now they're coming back. There's currently this human torch and thing, Marvel two and one that's going on, but we're getting the full team back. The last time we really saw the team and it's somewhat entirety, or at least Reed Richards and Sue storm was at the end of secret war. Yeah. When they're kind of going out and, essentially creating new universes. Yeah. And they had a them. big presence in that run. Yes, yeah. they did. Especially Reed Richards in yeah. that. So I'm excited to see that they're coming back. I want them to get back to their cosmic roots, but it's, it's kind of a, an interesting time for them to bring them back with this Fox deal, presumably still going through with Disney. It seems that they want to get the public consciousness again, aware of the fantastic four by bringing them back in the comic books. They kind of came out and admitted, but not really admitted that the reason that they canned the Fantastic Four was because of disputes with Fox. They mm -hmm. seem to really want these characters because they seem to really fit into the MCU even more so than the X-Men. Oh, yeah. So what are your thoughts on Fantastic Four coming back? And are you excited for this? Or are you cautiously optimistic about what this run could be? Yeah, because this is for the comic books, right? Not this comic the books, film. yes. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny because I think a while back we were talking about the Fantastic Four and I think you asked me and Sanjay if we want the table, you know, are we excited? Do we want Fantastic Four back? And I think I was like, ah, I don't really care. But now there's been this hype going on just even with like, you know, fan casting, uh, if they were to make a yes. movie, and if you get this team the right writers, actually they already announced the, the team. Yeah, Dan it's, Slott. Yeah, and Dan Sarah Slott. Pacelli. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Dan Slott did Spider Man, which obviously I'm yeah. a big fan of, and uh, Sarah Pacelli did Spider Man. Ultimate, Miles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then the original uh, Ultimate after uh, Bigley yeah. left. So her art is so cool. Just for that team alone, I'm totally on board for this i can't wait for this run i'm definitely gonna actually pick it up like i'm actually this will be my first fantastic four book i'll actually buy apart from the future foundation run they did back yeah. when spidey joined so i'm totally on board um i still feel apart from the fox deal going on beforehand i feel like they kind of dismissed the run too because the sales sales just yeah. were not good for being the first superhero family the yeah. sales were like horrible at the time so i think now it's time to bring this team back and uh i can't wait to see where they go i hope they focus more on just the four and kind of forget a little bit about franklin and uh is it valerie i can't yeah, remember valerie, yeah. yeah it just kind of let those guys do their own thing but focus on the four yeah really. i think that they really need to and uh with dan slot and with sarah pacelli you know it's, mm -hmm. it's a right creative team i think to bring this team back into like the, the consciousness of marvel comics yeah. to bring them to the forefront because we we spent a year or so kind of really down on Marvel Comics, but in the last six months or so, you and I especially, we've been really praising what they're doing now, whether that's from Star Wars right through to Avengers No Surrender. Yes. I'm loving what they're doing in the Cap book right now. The Old Man Hawkeye is fantastic. Yeah. There's some really good stuff on this Infinity Countdown event. So Marvel is 
finding their footing again, getting a good foundation. So I think it's a great time to bring back the Fantastic Four. Now this drops as a monthly series starting in August. So there's still a bit of time before we actually get this series. We got all the summer to get through essentially yes. before we get this, but I'm really looking forward to just like at high hopes for this. And I, like he said, I'm definitely going to be there picking this up the first Wednesday that it does drop. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to be interested to see how they pull together the Baxter building because yes. the Baxter building was last owned by Peter Parker, but then he went basically bankrupt. So that building is like not for, well, it's for grabs, but I don't know who necessarily owns it right now. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they get back this building because that's like, that's their Batcave. Yeah. Essentially, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, question from Mark. Now, in the past, we have praised Mark because he has this theory that he did publish on the nerdroom.net quite some time ago. Maybe I'll republish it there just to get that back out there as we're talking about Fantastic Four. But he had this theory about how they could bring the Fantastic Four organically into the MCU. And it revolved around the story coming out of Homecoming with the sale of Avengers Tower. Reed Richards and company using that tower and purchasing it because of its relationship to the wormhole that we saw in Avengers. And then he has his whole theory that revolves around how Dr. Doom gets a suit. It's an old Iron Man suit that he's placed in to save his life. So it's this really cool concept. Again, Marco or TSW, this is all to credit to him. I'll republish it there so you guys can see it. But it is probably the best single theory I've ever heard with regards to the Fantastic Four re-entering the MCU. Now, his question here is... Do you think Marvel's news about the Fantastic Four returning to the pages of Marvel Comics could be seen as an indication that the characters will form a part of the MCU's future? You know my theory about Stark Tower. Is it finally happening? And he goes on to say, love you guys. Love the show. It's appointment listening. Drop everything for me each and every week. Long live the Star Wars Commonwealth. So thank you for that, Mark. Really appreciate it. Troy, what do you think about the Fantastic Four? Now, we've kind of already alluded to this, but... Do you think this is an indication that this Fox deal is progressing and we could see Fantastic Four in Phase 4? Hmm. Uh, well, Mark, thanks so much for the question, man. Uh, I love that. I think either way, we're in good hands. Either way, we will get Fantastic Four back to the MCU because whether Disney gets Fox or Comcast gets Fox, the rights for the Marvel properties yeah. will revert back to Disney anyway. So that will be okay. Will we get a movie in Phase 4? Well, Phase 4 would be, what, 2020, 2019? Yes, 2019. May 2019 is Avengers 4. Yeah. And so anything really after that. I don't know if they're doing phases anymore, yeah. but let's say within the next five years. Within the next five years, yeah. I think it would probably be like towards the end of the yeah. within the next five years. It's going to take quite a bit of time to do that. Plus, you want to kind of wipe the bad taste out of people's mouths from the previous three yeah. stinkers. Um, so I think we will get a Fantastic Four movie for yeah. sure in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I hope they use Mark's theory. Oh, yeah. Now, with that, there's there's been a lot of rumors lately about, or maybe more fan rumors, fan casting yes. of the Fantastic Four. And we had this film that dropped, A Quiet Place, directed, written, and starring John Krasinski and his wife, Emily Blunt. Now, people have thrown them into the mix for Reed Richards and Sue Storm. What are your thoughts on that fan casting? Yeah, I'm on board. I heard yeah. this fan casting too the other day, and I was I was blown away. I was like, that that makes so much sense. I'm a big fan of Emily Blunt. Uh, going back to uh, Girl on the Train is a great book, not the greatest movie, but going back to um, Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, I love what she did in that movie. She's she's fantastic. So 
I'd love to see those two's uh, on-screen romance. Obviously, they have it going on yeah. off-screen. So I'd love to see those two on the big screen. Um, but there's another guy out there, and I'll plug him. I think it's uh, Comics Explained on YouTube. And he brought this whole theory of fan casting as well. And he put in Aaron Paul in the mix for Human Torch. And I was I was actually blown away by that. I was like, that's kind of cool because it's going away a little bit from like the Chris Evans, the yeah. Michael B. The clean-cut, big dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I... And, because it's kind of like a wisecracking dude in Breaking Bad to see him go Human Torch styles, but also like buckle down and be serious at the same mm-hmm. time would make a lot of sense to me. My only thing with that is if you're going to do a Fantastic Four, you kind of want Johnny Storm to be about Peter Parker's age because those yeah. two go hand to hand. So I think you'd kind of want to cast him younger. But like, if you were yeah. going a bit older, I think Aaron Paul would have been awesome. Yeah. I think that. They, they, yeah, they should keep them a bit younger. Like yeah. Reed and Sue need to be a bit older. They need to be like... Yeah you know well into being a doctor a phd all that kind of much stuff. like so, tony stark yeah but yeah. like that age of john krasinski to me works yes. like late 30s type thing early 40s maybe i don't know maybe that's a little too old but I, I like i like all of that yeah and i like the prospect of the fantastic four re-entering or entering sorry not re-entering but entering the mcu another big franchise to carry it forward because we're gonna end up probably and you know all the the, the signs are pointing towards this without some of our big characters yes. going into the back end of this. And if you can continue to pump out big franchises like your Black Panther, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, all that to carry this this MCU further and continue with the continuity that they've built, they need bigger franchises like this. Fantastic Four could be something just like this. So Mark, to answer your question, I think and Troy thinks that we're going to get the MCU or Fantastic Four in the MCU. And this is probably an early indication that they're warming up towards the idea of having a presence of Fantastic Four more prevalent across the board in Marvel. Mm-hmm. I have to say. So very exciting things. You know, we got to get through Infinity War and Avengers 4 here first. But it is coming, I believe. And I can't wait for it. Do you think we get X-Men first in this universe? Or do you think we get the Fantastic Four? It's clear the X-Men have had a better track record on the big screen. Yeah, Fantastic Four is easier, yeah. I think, yeah. than the X-Men to do. So that may be what we see. Yeah. I'd, I, I'd have to say Fantastic Four first. I think they'll be closer to kind of midway through mm-hmm. the Phase 4 or probably into 2021, 2022. Right. If they get the rights back within a timely fashion within the next you know six months or so. I think that they'll try to get that out because it's easier to do. Right. That's and true. you can have a big franchise around it. You could send them off from the cosmic. You can have them interact with Guardians. You can have them interact with the Avengers on Earth. Yeah. And it's something that's a bit more organic than, say, trying to shoot, I don't know, Doctor Strange or, or Black Panther out in a space. Like that's We're going to see some of that probably in Infinity War. But it's easier with the Fantastic Four. Because you could go real Star Trek with them even, too. Yeah. Just exploring and, and like still cosmic, but not as like colorful and like bright yeah. and loud as the guardians yeah, you know you definitely yeah. could so, so lots of possibilities yeah. there but i did mention one film in there black panther and we got to discuss it's been a couple weeks since we've done a black panther box office <laughs> update and when we last discussed it it was still the second highest grossing comic book movie all time it still was behind avengers well now it's eclipsed that it is now the highest grossing domestic grossing comic book movie of all time so that unseated avengers 623 million dollars and currently sits as of this recording with 665 million dollars domestically that places it third 
highest grossing domestic film of all time, sinking the Titanic this past weekend. It still trails in the worldwide box office and it ranks in at number 10 just behind The Last Jedi with $1.3 billion. But this film is absolutely incredible with its box office run. I'll, I'll admittedly say that we both snickered at Sanjay when he even suggested that this film could pass Avengers, let alone gross it now by over $40 million. Wow. And it's continuing to go. Like It's probably not going to end its run until we get closer to Infinity War within the next right. few weeks. Yeah. But they'll probably both be in theaters at the same time. So what are your thoughts on this becoming the largest domestic grossing comic book movie film of all time? It's blown away, man. Every every week or so, it's just breaking more records. I think, actually, I believe over in Saudi Arabia now, too, the first time in yes. 30 years, opening up a theater, and Black Panther's going to be the first one to be yes. uh, screened over there, which is awesome. So it's just, it's just closing down all doors, man. This is this is awesome. Awesome, awesome news. Um, the hype train is on. I think it's projected now. Um, Infinity War is meant to be projected somewhere trailing over $200 million now. Yeah, 235 was last I saw. Right, the yeah. Opening so weekend. It's, it's not going to have the legs that this does. No. No, no, unfortunately not, just because of the running all the room. other yeah. movies that are coming out Deadpool, after that. Solo, exactly. everything, right? Yeah, it, it won't be able to do it. And but the theater's uh, already got your shoulder to shoulder with Ready Player One, Black Panther. That's true. It's a lot of film, Wrinkle in Time, still kicking around in there. Yeah. So there's a lot of films already in theaters. Like Infinity War is going to dominate the two weeks, three weeks there. Big time. That it does have. But will it outgross Black Panther? No. I, I don't think so. No. Like February is a sweet spot for this film. Uh, it was, it's a sweet spot for Deadpool. It's a sweet spot yeah. for this film. And, you know, Marvel, DC, whomever, you guys start thinking about, you know, maybe we start releasing films in February and just give them a month and a half to run. Yeah. And get your biggest domestic film or one of your biggest domestic films of all time. Very Definitely. well deserved, though. Sunday just ordered us up the Steel Books. I kind of gotten away from getting the Marvel Cinematic Universe Steel Books because they are about 40, 45 bucks a pop. Did you get Ragnarok or no? I didn't get Ragnarok. No, I was just going to get Avengers, but because of what this is, this film is very special. I felt yeah. I needed the collector's edition on the Blu-ray with the digital code and all that. Yeah. So he did pull the trigger for all of us. It, it is expensive for a physical copy. It is. But at the same time, this is a very special movie. Got to have that as collectors. For sure. We don't collect these like we do with our figures. So no, luckily. To... Sunjay's got that covered. <laughs> you can check out his, his weekly pickups. I think every Saturday or Sunday he drops them. So yeah, yeah go and check that out on our YouTube page, The Nerd Room Podcast. Now, sticking with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, again, this is news from a couple weeks ago. But Captain Marvel began, officially began, production. We had discussed in the past about some of the set leak photos with her wearing that kind of Cree-looking suit. Right, the green and blue. The green and blue, which is a little different from her more traditional red and blue. But Marvel announced the official production start date as March 8th, or sorry, official start of the production a couple weeks ago. It is due to come out March 8th of 2019. And with that, they also gave us a cast list and a synopsis. So I'm going to read the synopsis here first, because this is pretty exciting. Based on the Marvel Comics, not so much a synopsis, sorry, but more of a description. But based on the Marvel Comics character first appearing in 1968, the story follows Carol Danvers as she becomes one of the universe's most powerful heroes when Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic war between two alien races. I got a giant smile on my face from just that sentence. <laughs> Set in the 1990s, Captain Marvel is an all-new adventure from a previously unseen period in the history of 
of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So a lot of the information we kind of already knew. We knew it was set in the 90s. We knew it was going to have the Korean scroll in it. And we knew that it was going to kind of take up this portion of the MCU history that hasn't really been touched on. So what are your thoughts on that synopsis or description, whatever you want to call it, and this mention of war or a galactic war between two alien races. That's massive. And, and you know, to have uh, Captain Marvel in the mix there will be cool. I wonder if they'll even play around and, you know, maybe someone will say Miss Marvel, you know, just to be an old throwback to they originally, got it. you know. Yeah. But, um, no, I'm looking forward to this, man. This is um, this is huge news. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, though, was um, the Avenger part, too. I like that they announced... Did they say that in there? Um, did you say that? Oh, there? I didn't say that. Unless no. that was... That might have been in a headline I hadn't seen yet. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah. scratch that, I guess. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, it might be out there, but... Yeah. But no, all around, this is this is great news. Pretty much we knew this, for the most part, yeah. basically, but it's the Kree Scroll War that has me amped. Yeah, I'm yeah. super psyched about that. And what this also came out with was a cast list. So... This is where things get interesting. Yeah. We already knew that Brie Larson was playing Carol Danvers. We got Ben Mendelsohn from Rogue One that will be playing uh, presumably some sort of villain maybe in this. I'm not sure exactly who he's playing. But we've got some familiar characters that are no longer with us in the MCU. Mm -hmm. And those include Lee Pace, who played Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Dajman Hussaus. I, I'm... We'll roam with it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I butchered that name, but he plays Korath yes. in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 as well. He's the one that Drax kind of rips his head out. And also the return of Clark Gregg's Agent Coulson to the film universe. So being that this is set in the 90s, they have the ability to bring Coulson back. We know he has a TV show that's more or less canon, but yeah. this is the first time we're going to be seeing him alongside Samuel L. Jackson as well and we got jude law thrown into the mix too so really great cast oh, shoot really great cast. Did they announce who he's gonna be no i don't have any characters here so we might have to maybe dig into that a little bit to figure out who each of these jude law and ben middleson is playing but really great cast and the fact that we're getting ronan back we're getting clark Gregg back it's gonna be a really cool film and the first time they're going and kind of Pulling from all the different eras here, and then also including something very cosmic, which I'm super excited oh, yeah. about. My only question here, and which kind of bumps up against continuity, is we have all this Kree stuff going on in Agents of Shields, and Coulson doesn't really seem overly aware of things. If they're involved in some sort of Kree Scroll war, right? Or like the and the alien invasion, the Chitari invasion, if Earth's caught in the middle of it, so they have a little bit of contextualizing to do to get me fully on board like i'm on board but to get me right. fully into this film because it seems like we're stepping in between kind of the old days with captain america and all that mm -hmm. and the incident in avengers with the alien invasion right and now saying that earth's kind of caught in the middle of this galactic civil war and how don't people you know what i mean right. like there's a bit of bridges that they have to build to make the continuity all flow together between say what we know from you know the historic the the war and all that through to the incident and then what we get afterwards as well with guardians and all that right because as far as i'm concerned the avengers movie when we see the aliens that's the first time we've ever been aware that there's aliens at least yeah it's the first the time i think that earth is aware exactly because you go back to guardians one the late 80s there yeah. he's abducted by exactly 
um, Yondu and that. So they're there. Right. It's just our our understanding of their presence and all right. that. Or us as in kind of earthbound people. So it did just have to walk around those lines and why something else wasn't brought up a bit sooner, why Fury wasn't a bit more in the know about, you know, Chitauri invasion, yeah. kind of how to deal with aliens, where Captain Marvel has been. So th- th- I'm sure... They're sitting around thinking about all this. <laughs> I, I think um, Coulson would be interesting, though, because, I mean, you could also do the de-aging, which they've they been mastering. To. They've been yeah. killing it. Uh, you could maybe have him intern, and he just doesn't know anything. Like, That's they kind of keep him on the side, like, you're too young for this kind of stuff. Might just be a nice yeah. nod. Yeah, like, he might not have a, a huge role. Yeah. Really. Um, Ronan, I'm super excited yes. for, because I think we can redeem this character now and give us, like, a proper Ronan. Because yeah. watching Guardians 1, as much as I do like that film, you know, what they did with him with the dance-off and whatnot was just kind of weak. And he's a great actor, because what he did in um, Lord of the Rings yeah. as the elf, he's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's so cool. So uh, I'd love to see him redeem himself in this in this film. Yeah, I'd have to say, and I agree with you too, that Ronan is a character I was really looking forward to in Guardians. Yeah. Fell a little short for me. Yeah. Because you go back into the comics, into Annihilation, all those the stuff that I'm always banging on about when it comes to Cosmic. He's got a mini run in there. He's really good in that comic book. He comes back in that Infinity run that Hickman did as well. Ronan okay. the Accuser and his accusers. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You remember yeah, all that? Yeah, so he's, yeah. he was really great and all that. So Ronan's got a great arc and hopefully a good story that they can kind of shoehorn into this Captain Marvel movie as well. Mm-hmm. Give us a bit of background as to kind of why he goes a bit more erratic and a bit more radical in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. And so yeah. there's a lot they can do there. And building this Kree scroll war yes. is super exciting because we get the freaking scrolls, man. Oh, man. First time ever on the big screen is going to be awesome. Jude Law, I think it'd be really neat if Jude Law could maybe be like Marvel. Like he, oh, the original Marvel, right? Could. Captain Marvel. That'd be pretty cool because Jude Law is fantastic. Yeah, he's got that look too. He has that look. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you put the makeup on him, and ah, I think it'd be kind of neat. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's a good pull. Deep yeah. cut too, man. <laughs> I really like that. Oh, there's, there's so much potential here, and I'm telling you, man. If they do not do a scroll tease, oh, Maria Hill. I'm telling you, man. I know. I want it. We put our we put oh. the stake in it, the Nurum yes. stake, and that's a prediction that we've had forever about the scrolls yes that she is the queen scroll or a scroll that's been embedded oh s- i you know if they tease on it here that oh, she's man. been embedded since the 90s yes and then we get the secret invasion arc coming out into phase four and all that huge oh that would huge. be we have in the archives here so yes. hopefully that happens so you guys can go back to that episode and check it out <laughs> man i i love that that'd be so cool yeah it's <laughs> all good things looking for the mcu here we've got infinity war coming up we're coming out the tail end of black panther here yep. and man of the wasp around this year and then March of next year, so in less than a year, we've got Captain Marvel hitting theaters, March 8th, 2019. Wow. And now it's going to lead into, kind of um, lead into in air quotes here, but Avengers 4 as well. So that's a character that we may or may not see in Infinity War. I'm leaning more towards the not, mm-hmm. maybe more of a tease for it. And maybe Fury coming out and saying, I know someone that we need to bring into the mix here. Right. I think this might have something to do with maybe Hawkeye's role. We're going to get into this in, right. in, in, I think, in more Ronin. Half the universe dies. We're shot into the future. Fury says, I got someone. Marvel shows up for Avengers 4. Yikes. So there's going to be a lot of, of that. We're going to get into predictions in a couple weeks here, rolling into Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. But... I think there's something big there. They got a lot to build into with Captain Marvel. And there's a reason this film is placed where it is and why it's in the 90s. They're building something up. 
I think building the universe up for what happens after Infinity War, but also giving you that introduction to Captain Marvel and uh, kind of this this proper entry before she shows up in a big way and why she's such a, a pivotal character in this universe and probably one of the reasons why the Avengers get out of the giant mess that Thanos puts right. him in probably in Infinity War. Yeah. So big things. Really looking forward Huge. to that. I'm sure we'll get a Captain Marvel number one coming up soon. Too, oh, in the definitely. That, that seemed to be a book that constantly renews itself. Always. Like it's, it seems like there's always a Captain Marvel number one. Like every ten issues, they yeah. reboot that that series. <laughs> but look out for that. There's some really good arcs there in Captain Marvel yep. in the last couple of years too. So check those out. Quickly before we get into a bit more discussion on Solo itself, is we we watched a Deadpool trailer. Now that came out a couple weeks ago. I think right after we recorded our last episode. But I just want to touch on it very quickly because there was some some chatter on the web about Deadpool not testing very well. And people starting to get grow a little skeptical as to if this movie was going to hit as hard as Deadpool 1 did. Now they dropped this trailer. Now we're not going to do the normal breakdown that we've done in the past. But I just wanted to get your high-level comments on what you thought about this really high-paced, hilarious trailer. <laughs> I thought it was great. And I think this uh, trailer served a great purpose for the, the audience that it's built and created already yeah. for the previous movie. I think they nailed it. I yeah. think it looks really good. Um, I'm really interested to see how they're going to handle Cable. Are they going to make the connection that he is Cyclops' son that's yeah. been sent into the future? Um, it's 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 funny. I was really laughing out loud. Even just now when we, we previewed it again, I was still laughing at this film. But the action, the action is shot very well. Again, that scene where Deadpool catches the gun, not catches it, but puts his hand over the gun, pulls it back, his hand gets blown off, but still turns it and shoots the bad guy. <laughs> It was it was cool. Um, you know, he, he's he's the merc with the mouth. And Ryan Goslin, Ryan no, Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> I always get those two Canadians mixed up. <laughs> As I say it, I'm like, no, I'm saying the wrong one. No, uh Ryan Reynolds, he he's born to play this this character. He's he does such a great job. I can't wait to see him. And uh, I like that they built the X Force. Yes. As opposed to just giving you an X Force film, it kinda makes more sense to do it this way. Mm-hmm. It's an X Force for him film. X-Force film within a Deadpool yeah. movie, which is just really cool. Obviously, we're going to have some fight scenes going on between Cable and Deadpool, but I'm sure they'll come together, obviously, eventually, and take out whoever the big bad is. Yeah. So, um, oh, all around, man, this movie looks great. Yeah, it looks awesome. Domino's yeah. in there. She yeah. looks fantastic. They gave us some idea what the film's going to be about, why Cable's come back to grab this kid. Yeah. Deadpool seems to be protecting him. I love just the, the very on-the-nose references to the X-Men. You see him spinning in Xavier's chair yes. at one point there. It's it's all really great stuff. It's very much in line with the film that we saw a couple years ago. And I think it's appropriate they continue this, but again, just escalate and just bring new material to this universe while also giving us relatively similar or at least familiar film that we we recognize this Deadpool character to be associated with. And I think very much they did it. My first reaction on Twitter to this was, I don't know what everyone is talking about. This film looks fantastic. Like, yeah, it looks because, hilarious. Because it's tested bad, right? You're Apparently. Saying, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like again, we're, we're, we're taking things from, like, comicbookmovie.com and yeah. stuff like that about what people are saying. And this is one or two guys... I, you know, it's, it's hard You got to take these things with a grain of salt too. Right. Sometimes we hear that, that is great and, and doesn't turn out that way and vice versa. So yeah, it's just one of those things that you, you're building into a movie. You hear something slightly negative about it, but reshoots cause they had just recently done a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what they put to screen here in this trailer, 
it's great. I'm going to be seeing this opening weekend. For sure. Uh, I love it. It's got that that vibe to it, that that comedic vibe, that violent vibe. Yes. With the swearing in it and all that. So, again, it's a, quite a deviation from, say, your Star Wars or MCU movies. But, again, it's found its niche. It's it's hitting it hard in that. And I think it's going to bring that same crowd. And it's going to deliver the same way in the way we want it to deliver. This is, like you said, the Merc with the Mouth. It mm-hmm. needs to be like this. It needs to be violent. It needs to have the, the cursing. It needs to have just everything that it's bringing to the table. Yeah. And it's all there in that trailer. Yeah. So definitely. it's great stuff. All right, man. Let's hop over to Star Wars. Now, we had this new solo trailer drop. Now, it dropped on a Saturday. No, they teased it on a Saturday. No, I think they dropped it on a Saturday night. Or teased it on a Saturday. Friday and dropped it on a Saturday. It was really weird what they did. I can't remember exactly. I was kind of in between flights and all that coming home. So I didn't actually see it until uh, after a couple hours after it had actually aired. But it just seemed like it kind of came out of nowhere. It dropped and it just... It was just there, but man, it's, this movie is looking absolutely incredible. Like this trailer, like the first one I thought was great, but this one here, it it really introduces you more so to the supporting cast. Yes. Your Lando, Chewbacca, Leet, and Kira, Beckett, like all these characters get a bit more screen time. And so now I feel more familiar with the cast of characters and how they're all going to integrate and interact with one another. But just high level before we do our detailed breakdown, what are your thoughts on the solo trailer? I love it, man. I love it. You guys go way back to when we first even found out about this film. I wasn't on board. I, I thought we didn't need a star or we didn't need a Han Solo film at all. But I've slowly been warming up to it since we got the Super Bowl uh, trailer, which I do like, and it grew on me even more so. But this trailer right here, man, I'm really like amped for this film I'm, I'm really excited for this um solo film i think it's cool they did a good job like you mentioned on uh focusing more on the ensemble but i feel like this is kind of like a way that they could uh, this might be a rumor i don't know take it how you want but this might be a way to kind of mask uh alden's acting ability of the character i don't know if it's bad or good but if you can make us all like the supporting cast and kind of forget about solo in a weird yeah. way then people won't care or they won't be looking at the the uh, harrison ford comparison you can kind of get over it if you love lando and you love kira is it kira kira yeah, yeah you love kira and you love chewy then everything's all good it's yeah. gravy um but from the little bits that han solo did here alden did i i liked it yeah when he says um i got a really good feeling about this oh, I, I loved it him. i really <laughs> liked it. it it works for me a lot um he has a little bit of the swag kind of going on a little bit more so for me in, as as the solo character and uh lando Lando looks so cool again in this film. Uh, Chewy and then the other Wookiee with him. Yes. I don't know if that's his girl or whatnot. Yeah. I, I don't know, but that looks good. Um, we'll get into the trailer, but it has a little Witcher Soldier, not Witcher Soldier, uh, First Avenger kind of train scene. Yeah, it does. Going on there. And uh, man, I, I, I can't wait to see this film now. No, I, I can't I, wait. I'm super stoked. And this is a film that, like, I've always been behind it. Yeah. But I'm just amped for this now. Like, it, it's always been a film, like you said, when it was first announced, it's kind of like, do we need a solo film? Right. And the answer is, yes, we do. <laughs> because what Ron Howard is delivering here and yep. putting into this trailer and presumably putting to screen as a full-length film looks incredible. It feels like Star Wars, but again, it feels like they've taken a step away from it, too. Yeah. Like, you look at the aliens in here, it feels very much a Star Wars universe. Yeah. We're telling a slightly different story than we've been exposed to in the past, but with familiar characters. So again, you're playing in a safe zone, yeah. but you're also taking that, that same step that Rogue One took, yes. but paying in a familiar 
era with familiar characters or at least themes and ideas with the Death Star and all that. Solo's doing the same thing. Yeah. But again, in another direction. So we're slowly stepping away from the comfort zone of the saga and giving these these uh, Star Wars story films. And um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing here. Like, there's a lot of familiarity in this with the Falcon and all these yes. characters. But they seem to be telling a story that's going to matter. It's not just throwing Han Solo on film to just get people to see a Star Wars film. They've taken the time, it seems at least, to craft something that is going to bring a lot of relevance to the character. And it's also going to answer a lot of questions. Because I was thinking about it. When you look at the big three, yeah, Solo seems to have this, this somewhat ambiguous past. There's a lot of questions brought up in the original trilogy. You don't seem to have that, that same yearning for a backstory of Luke or Leia even. Right. We've got some of the stuff in the books, but Solo seemed to have enough questions as it relates to Lando, Chewbacca, Jabba, Boba Fett, the Falcon itself. There was a lot of question marks there. Mm-hmm. And they've taken that opportunity to deliver a whole film out of that, the same way they did with Rogue One. There's right. a big question mark there, how they built the Death Star, yes. how was the you know the the whole idea that it, it that um what's his name? Lando? Nope. Um, <laughs> and it, uh, what's uh, Jin Erso? It's father. Galen Erso. Oh, Galen Erso. Okay. Put yeah. the fuse in the Death Star, why it blew up. You know, right. so they're, again, playing with things and expanding on concepts that were introduced in the original saga. But I, I like that. And this this trailer shows me that they're really going to deliver on some of those big ideas, those big elements that we've seen from the past. Mm-hmm. Now, we're opening up here with the the trailer here. we got just playing on mute in the background. So we're going to try to walk through some of this. Now, the first things that we do see here is a wide-stretching view of what appears to be Corellia, so the home planet of Han Solo. Now, when I looked at this, and when I always thought in my head, what... Corellia was. I'd always imagined it more as like this cross between like Naboo and Coruscant. Oh. Not so much this industrial, gritty, grimy looking planet. Right. Like did like I never read any extended universe material on Soul and all that. But when you look at Corellia, is that kind of how you imagined it? I always did kind of imagine it as an industrial kind of place, just kind of rugged, yeah. much like Solo himself. But, um, you know, you mentioned a good point, like with the tissues almost of Rogue One. And this opening shot feels very Gareth Edwards. Like, yes. It feels like it fits in that movie of Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. And they, they do play with scale the same way that Edwards exactly, did which is in a big Rogue deal. One. And they use the Star Destroyers for the same thing. Yes. Like we get this beautiful view of them constructing the Star Destroyers above Corellia that we get this kind of under look at a Star Destroyer being constructed. And the thing I love about this is it's a great toss back to A New Hope when he's talking about outrunning the Empire and he talks about not your local ships, but the big Corellian destroyers. Right. This is a nice nod to that. Yes. In his youth, he's watched and looked up and saw these big, huge ships being constructed above him. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, the scale, it just looks beautiful, yeah, just man. gorgeous. Again, going into this gritty thing. So the, the first few scenes in this appear to be kind of going back to when he's probably around 18, yeah. kind of being involved as, as a street kid, kind of involved in a bit of the underground, kind of scheming since the age of 10, as he puts it. Yes. And, you know, they, they seem to jump around a little bit here, but they're, he seems to have a scar or something on his face that is trying to tell us you know when he's young and then when he's kind of older he seems to be a bit more fleshed out of it right kind of kind of get a little bit of that captain kirk 
esque kind of vibe from uh, the first Star Wars reboot there yeah. movie where he's he's rough, he's been in some fights, he's been scrapping around. Yeah. Now, what do you think about this? Is something that we saw and just briefly expanded on a bit here in the trailer. This this character, this mask character, and he seems to be having a bit of a face off with. We see him pop the the button on the DL forty four strap. Looks like he's going to have some sort of kind of cowboy showdown with oh, these guys. Oh, he's shooting first. Yeah. Han's going to shoot first for sure. <laughs> Do you think they're going to finally clarify that? Do you think he's going to pull and shoot first Definitely. at some point? He has to, Definitely. Right? Yeah, 100%. To. These things look cool. Though. I don't know if it's like some Wookiee with some head armor on. I don't know what that is because it's furry underneath and yeah. then it has like this Jameer Kwai helmet going on. I don't know. But it looks uh, looks pretty cool. I love that shot. Yeah, it's you know, beautiful. It looks great. Yeah, I yeah. think that's probably another team that's chasing the same whether it's a MacGuffin of the film or whatever it is that we see Beckett refer to later on as them being hired by this gangster that turns out to be Dryden Voss. Right. I don't, I'm guessing that there's multiple teams going after that and whether he's facing off here with another team that's been hired, or at least he's put out kind of this, this reward or whatever to capture this particular item and bring it back to him. So I'm, that's my kind of guess on, on who and, those and guys I love are. that if that's the case too, because there's there's no big imperial or Jedi stuff, and this is gonna be the first time ever where I'm actually been excited for a film that there's there is no Jedi's or lightsabers. Yeah. Like when you go back to Rogue One, I was kind of bummed because I was like, oh, we're not getting any Jedi's. But here, I'm like, you know what? It's okay because we're not getting the Jedi's, but we're getting the adventure Star Wars that we've been lacking, yeah. uh, especially from the Last Jedi. This feels like an adventure film with a bunch of buddies and they're going out and they're going to not save the world, but it's going to be very kind of small yeah. level. And that's what has me most excited for this film. And, and it's pretty much showing that in this trailer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's about, it's about the group and the empire is there, but they seem to be, I think I've mentioned this in the past, they're a bit of a, in the past, a bit, a, a bit of a plot device that yeah. they're going to be pushing the characters in a certain direction at one point or another, forcing them into the Kessel Run, or we see this kind of within the train shot, we see the range troopers in there kind of wandering around. It may be a plot device used to get Han off of Corellia into somewhere else to meet Chewbacca. So again, right. they're not used as as the main antagonist, but they're someone that's kind of in the background Present. pushing the characters putting pressure on them to go in a certain direction. So again, just using them to move the plot along. So I, I really like the use of the of the Empire there. And they're again that familiar concept within star wars you're getting the star destroyers you're getting a variation on a trooper you're getting that familiar vibe of the empire within this time frame that we've kind of grown not so much tired of but they're 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 using that familiarity to bring people in and say look this is still a star wars movie guys but we're telling a slightly different story. Well, it'll be interesting because how many years is taking place after episode three here with this film, would you say? At least so around this point. I, th- I worked it out roughly, I think it's about five years before A New Hope. Oh, So we're okay. about 14-ish years or so after Revenge of the Sith. So, so the Empire's not necessarily young then at this no, point. No, they're... Like, they're the Vader comics, are, it's young Empire, you know? Yeah, they're, they're a well-oiled machine at this point. Yeah. They're nearing their peak. Okay. I would say because yeah. the peak you could argue is it really at the battle of or prior to the battle of Yavin with the Star Destroyer right. what they done like is there a peak at Rogue One time you know what I mean right. as far as their their largest reach they have this super weapon so yeah you're kind of encroaching on the peak of the Empire kind yeah. of fifteen or so years after its its kind of conception in Revenge of the Sith that's right. 
And then this meeting of, of, of Lando Calrissian and Han Solo. So later on in the trailer, we do see or hear Kira say, I know the greatest smuggler alive. And that seems to be the in and the introduction between Solo and Lando. We see them playing, whether it's Sabacc or something else. I'm not too sure here. But the thing that I, I kind of find interesting is, and this is one of my predictions, just based off this trailer, not really a prediction, but whatever you want to call it. But I feel like solo is sent in to get lando and they don't just go out and get him you know what i mean they don't just say hey lando do you want to be part of this team it seems to be some dynamic that's built between solo and lando to eventually get him on to this this kind of bigger team so is this kind of like what (laughs) the last jedi tried doing where it's like they sent finn out and rose to find what's his face yes maybe something like that yeah I wouldn't use that as an example, but <laughs> that that's kind of my feeling here is that right. they sent him into this cantina or what have right. you, all this, this gambling. And Solo, it's weird how they all kind of look up at him, right? Yeah. So he must say something about Lando or to Lando, some oh, information okay. maybe that Kira's given him, and that gets all their attention. Right. Maybe that gets him a seat at the table. Right. And then okay. maybe he plays for something specific, or I, I'm not sure, because he does ask him at one point in the trailer here about the stories, you know, are, the they stories are they true? And yeah. he says, every story. And like the delivery from Glover is awesome. Oh, every man. story you heard about so me is smooth. True. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's great. He, he is Ah, just awesome and that again comes to some of the crux of this trailer is that it's focusing yeah quite heavily on han solo but it's giving you this introduction it's really the first time we've heard glover deliver any lines coming from lando so it's awesome to hear that the swag (laughs) yeah it's 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 there completely and unlike rogue one this feels like it's going to be a very character driven film oh yes big time which is which is great because that was my one of my biggest disappointments with rogue one but here we got a lot of characters a lot of flavor to just soak up yeah, and it's interesting. So this next shot here where we have Solo looking up at the cockpit of the Falcon. I, I This isn't me. That, someone else pointed this out online. Um, I saw it on Twitter that they've added Chewie into this scene. And they've also added him into another scene when he's kind of walking on that desert planet as well. Okay. So I'm not sure if this is a reshoot or if they just digitally added him in. But Chewie, again, does seem to be quite a bit more prevalent in a lot of the scenes along with Solo. So they seem to be pairing the two of them up. Uh, maybe, I'm not sure if this is a Ron Howard thing, if they've kind of created that dynamic and had a bit more of that and a bit less time of Solo on his own. And Solo, Solo. <laughs> and kind of given us that dynamic of Chewie and Han, or if this was always intentionally done and it's just the scenes weren't fully shot or something like right, that. Right, or they just digitally removed them in the first trailer, yes. much like Ant-Man, Spider-Man Yeah, exactly. Thing. Right. Exactly. So it's interesting to see that. Mm-hmm. And let's let's talk about the score here, kind of before we get into a bit more of the detail here. We had this, again, this kind of rock guitar, yeah. a bit slower opening than we got in the previous trailer where we kind of have that immediate riff. But again, it fits the vibe of this universe. Again, Star Wars is more, or maybe not more, but as much as it is the visual, it's about the sound, what you're hearing, Definitely. and what the score does. And I think that the score here is really going to land, at least from these trailers, if it's giving us any indication as to how good and how well-constructed for this individual kind of sidebar universe, whatever you want to call it, yeah. I think it's going to have its own vibe to it, but still feel like Star Wars. Yeah, I hope we still get a bit of that epic kind of sound going on. Yeah. I know it's not going to be John Williams doing this, but I, I hope we do He's get... He's doing the theme for the, Solo. The theme, right? Yeah. Which I'm, I'm banking on that one because I do like the first trailer score more than I do with this one. This one's not bad, but it does suit the theme it still yeah. feels like the same soundtrack you could say but I, i'm gonna have to give it to the first trailer a little bit more for the score yeah, yeah. now the next scene that we see here is we have kira 
and solo conversing. Though there there seems to be some inference as we've already gained that, yeah, they were friends as kids. They seem to separate and they're coming back together here as they're forming this much larger team. Now she says a sentence, you're after something, is it revenge, money, or something else? So th that's interesting because it's trying to set up some of the motivations for Solo. But when you look at some of the dialogue that they've had in here with Solo, this interaction with Kira, do you get more of a feeling that Han is very optimistic, almost wide-eyed. Yes. Kind of this kid going out into this big universe, almost kind of like Luke. Like he spent a good chunk of his life looking up at the stars, up at these big ships. I want to be up there. I want to be a pilot. I got to get off of Corellia. Like very much like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I'd say a little, kind of like Luke Skywalker, but a little more hardened, a little yeah. still more seasoned and more independent. Yeah. For sure. But I definitely get that because I think he's, he's definitely going to get the whole... Um, he's gonna be misled and he's gonna be let down, and yeah. that's that's where we're gonna get the solo that we it's all a know. Big theme in this, right? Definitely. Betrayal and all that, right? Definitely. <laughs> but but through these scenes and throughout this whole trailer, his mannerisms too, the way he has his hands on his hip, it's it's very much like yeah. on solo. Like Alden's working for me right now. He's yeah, really he is. is. Compared to the last trailer, he's he's doing it. Yeah, this, this might be a lot of Ron Howard coming into this. Might be. Yeah. And just kind of giving that character direction, do this, and try to mimic some of those mannerisms that make you feel like it's Han Solo. Well, and the writer too, uh, Lawrence. Uh, Lauren Kasdan. Lauren, yeah, Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah, yeah, because he did what he did Empire, Empire. So and he, he did Force Awakens as well. Exactly, and those, those happen to be some of my favorite Star Wars films. Yeah, some of right? the best Han Solo films. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I heard he said this is like, or supposedly this is meant to be the best Star Wars script he's he's written. So we'll have to see, but I feel like he has a lot to do with like the mannerisms as well, yeah. but with him and Ron Howard, whereas maybe uh, the last guys, um, Lord and Miller, maybe they're just going completely off track. That's the sounds of it. But... <laughs> right. yeah. And th this is also changing just this trailer. I'm sure the film will do a lot more, but it's, it's somewhat changing my perspective on who Han Solo is or yeah. was. I'd always imagined him more as, it's, it's hard, really hard to say. It's like, it's the guy that's just out there doing his thing. And he, like you said, he's independent. And he is always just this guy that was doing just one more job and he's out of the life. Like yes. that one big, easy score to set himself up. He can kick back and relax and do his thing. Right. This points a bit more towards the idea that he's wanted to get in to this lifestyle. He wants to be the outlaw. Right. And I never got that vibe as much from the original trilogy and I always felt that he was just like, I got one big score to get and then I'm out. I'm no longer doing this. Chewie and I are going to take off and just kind of sit at the Sabacc tables and enjoy my life. Right. But like we even get that vibe or that, that quote from him later on where he says, you know, I've been looking for something like this or, or to be a part of something like this for a long time. Right. So it, it gives you this feeling that he was established as kind of the street rat, this little bit of an outlaw and he wants to be something bigger. Right. He wants to be the best smuggler right. around, right? And I I guess I got some of that in in the original trilogy, but not as much as I'm getting here about his pure motivations. And that comes back to Kira and her questioning those motivations. So I'm really looking forward to them really fleshing that out and who Han Solo is, what drives him towards being the character that we end up with in a new hope this one that's out for himself that has no real care for what's going on around him or in the wider universe he right. wants that money he needs to get out of there right. he needs to continue his life so he seems a bit more outward focused in this 
and he's very much inward focused with the exception of Chewbacca and in, in uh, New Hope. So we're going to see that transition somewhere in here. And you hit the nail on the head there that there, there's a big theme in here on betrayal. You know, it's it's heavily foreshadowed yes. that there's going to be a lot of betrayal in this film. Now, whether it's from Lando or from Kira or Beckett himself, we'll, right. we'll see in the film. But there's a lot of that in here. Well, you bring up a good point because Bob Egger, I think, a while back even said that this movie is going to explain why he got his name or how he got his name. And I yeah. think exactly what you just brought up there makes sense that we're basically going to get Han Solo, how he became the Solo that we all know. And yeah. I feel like when we get to Empire, he's kind of like, well, you know what? I've been there, done that. I'm already like the big guy. Everybody knows who I am. Yeah. Now he's kind of somewhere else, whereas here he has to earn that name. Yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of of kind of reputation to earn. Yes. In this film. Now, I, I get that we have some time after that, but there's an expectation, I think, that he gets some of that reputation that, that Lando has mm-hmm. as being this this guy that no one trusts in the universe. You've swindled everyone, as is said in The Force Awakens. No yeah. one's going to believe any of your tricks anymore, Solo. So I, I'm really looking forward to building up that and how he, like you said, got his name. Yes. We get a good look for the first time here at at Paul Bettany's character, this Dryden Voss, who seems to be the gangster that is referred to by Beckett earlier on in the trailer that's setting up or why they're putting this team together to kind of go after this this main MacGuffin of the film. Now, what what do you thought looks on Paul Bettany and this character Dryden Voss? Like is it simple? Would you have preferred it to have been maybe Jabba the Hutt that was <laughs> setting all this up? What are your thoughts on that? Um, he looks cool. I, I hope we do get some ties to Jabba. I really yeah. think that'd be a missed opportunity if we don't, to be honest. Especially when you get like that that smaller Jabba from episode four. Like yeah. I, I want to see that. Um but no, uh this Paul Bettany looks cool. I, I like his look. He doesn't look anything too crazy you know i'm a little worried about his whips the whiplash stuff going on yeah that was a a bit weird right yeah yeah that was it felt very much like the whips from the last jedi that the praetorian guards had exactly so it'd be interesting to see what it is again it's it's he was a character or an actor that was brought in quite late in the game because that was supposed to be michael k williams that's right yeah that was supposed to be but when they went to the reshoots with ron howard coming on they had michael k had uh, a conflict and so they had to completely replace that character yeah. and bring in Paul Bettany to be presumably the main villain of the film. Now, right. I've always thought that Beckett was going to betray him in some way. That's what I'm still thinking. Like, again, big theme of betrayal. I, I still think that Beckett is going to have a heavy hand in molding Solo into the character, both as a, a smuggler, but also as with regards to how he's kind of emotionally closed off and that, that big betrayal I think is going to come from Beckett. Yes. But at the end, as I'm saying that it would make more sense if the big betrayal came from Kira, someone that he was oh, I love inti- that one too. intimately connected with that would really jade him. If he's only getting introduced, like I know in the past we had Beckett referred to as his mentor. Yeah. So if they have a longstanding relationship, I would say that betrayal works better for right. turning him and jading him. But having Kira do that has the same effect if Beckett and his relationship isn't quite as evolved as we thought it was. Like right. if they're just meeting at the start of this job and by the end of the movie, they're friends, he betrays, okay, fine. That's, you know, you, you can't really buy into that emotionally. Mm-hmm. But if it's Kira, lifelong friend, kid friend that turns on him, that could really change a character. Yes, And that may have more emotional stakes and more believable stakes in changing him from this wide-eyed, optimistic, almost naive kid into the soul that we see in A New Hope. And I think that could really devastate him the most if he's his heart's broken by this woman yeah. as opposed to um, 
Bennett. Beckett. Beckett, yeah. yeah. And Beckett, nice, nice, nice call too. He gives them the DL-44, so the famous yeah. sidearm that Solo carries throughout the saga well into The Force Awakens. That's right. That he gives to Ray even. Dude. No, it's not the one he oh, gives Oh, no, it's not Ray. the same one. Okay. No, no, no. But oh. it's cool that we do see how he gets it. Yeah. He kind of Beckett kisses it, gives it to him. <laughs> Pretty cool. I really like that callback. And this, this this interaction between between Solo and Chewie, the whole, the whole trailer, the few times that they are talking, I think it's great. This is where Alden really kills it. Yeah. When he's talking to Chewie and Chewie's, I, when he's, what, I can't remember what he says here. We got to mute, but basically he turns and says, you know, what do you know? Yeah. I, I love the delivery on that. Love it. It's great. It, it feels like Han Solo. It does. It feels like Han Solo. Yeah. Just love it. And the way he looks away from, this is a deep cut here. Now, um, this is, I think it was thrown up on either a TSW or a Tumbling Saber by Matt Keegan. This, just, we're looking at these big elephants skulls here this is from the patch on boba fett like his arm oh shoot yeah oh so man the, this isn't me that grabbed this this is something that was grabbed off one of the the websites there or the Holy facebook groups but yeah what? so it's pretty cool eh my mind's blown right yeah. now yeah i think it's called the mythosaurus if i'm not mistaken That's but crazy. yeah we're just looking at boba fett figure here <laughs> yeah. yeah pretty cool eh that is I, awesome i don't pretty know cool. if that is a just an a reference to the idea of Boba Fett, yeah. or if that's kind of a clue that we're going to get something a bit more related to Boba Fett, whether I it's just so. a big nod or kind of a cameo appearance. But that is, I thought that was really cool. That's like the money shot right now yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah really wow. cool. <laughs> no, and then, the, you know, Lando here, like yeah. there's this whole idea, this big Sabacc game. I'm presuming that's what we're seeing here is mm -hmm. the interaction that we're getting between Lando and Han is this famous game that they played where the Millennium Falcon gets chucked on the table. Like, yes. I don't know, because this is kind of contradicting a bit what I said earlier about Solo sent in to get Lando, and it appears that they are on the ship at some point where Lando and Leet are still piloting it, so right. it's not in the possession of Solo and Chewbacca at this point. So I really don't know what this game is about, if this is the famous Savak game where we see the exchange of the Millennium Falcon, or if this is more of them recruiting Lando into their team. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know if they'd give that away yet in this uh, in this trailer. Yeah, the big game. But I mean, I'm excited to see that because that is like, you know, pretty much equal to like the Mustafar battle between Anakin yeah. and Obi Wan. You know, it goes Legend. that deep, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. awesome. <laughs> and yeah, Lando looking great, looking absolutely yeah. fantastic. I think I've said that already. This this lead droid here mm -hmm. gives. I got a little K two vibe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I got a little bit of K two, and I get. Uh, I can't remember the old droid from the old Republic. But a little, oh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I definitely get a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. This, again, I think is probably going to be used as... You know, we have a lot of characters in here that do have comedic chops. You know, yeah. you've got um, Woody Harrelson can land things. Don Glover for sure can land definitely. things. This lead character, though, seems like, again, it's going to be played off similar fashion to K2. Yeah. A bit more of the comedic relief, kind of breaking that tension in some of the more serious moments. For sure. And I'm okay with that. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Still banging on some Lobot. Yes, Cameos, but I guess we gotta happy. get something here. Yeah. Ah, beautiful shot Money of shot the that. interior and the exterior of the Falcon right. prior to the the forks being removed. There, just again, it comes right. down to scale. Just great, fantastic scale. And we got Beckett here telling Solo, you know, when you're in this life, you're in this lifestyle forever. So yeah. again, becoming the outlaw. Yeah, some foreshadowing for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And 
buckling up here. Yeah. <laughs> Lando <laughs> driving. Hyperspace. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Now, this train scene. Mm-hmm. Wow. You made reference to the first Avenger. Yeah. This is next level. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. And the range troopers. How the good fur, do they, they look? They look great. Fantastic. Jeez. Can't wait to get my hands on that Black Series. Yeah. I hope that they come up with Elite Series because I'd love to have a packaged Black Series as well as the statue-esque yeah, Elite Series in these too with a bit more of that fur, a bit more of that kind of more dynamic looking action figure. Because the fur selling it for me right now. It is. I love they that look. They look awesome. And yeah. I believe this was, I can't remember who called this out, maybe Mark or the guys over at Tumbling Saber that said that the boots that they're wearing, wearing these big boots are magnetic boots and this seemingly confirms that. You hear this yes. big lockdown, and they're kind of at one point almost on the side, like as the train is spinning. Cool. It seems to corkscrew a bit based off of kind of just what we're seeing in here. And you see that the, the range trooper is kind of hanging off both sides. That's cool. I, I, Vader has the same kind of thing built in him. We've seen that yes. in the Vader comics. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Has the yeah, corkscrews there, and you see them battling back and forth. So nice battle with the empire and we get some beautiful views of the millennium falcon flying yeah. through atmosphere as well kind of gives us some perception there is that an atat we just saw yeah that it was too? an atst okay yeah, the chicken walker it looked like yeah probably on mimban would be my guess okay kind of the mud trooper and then like you said we've got chewbacca here doing the head kiss with yeah another wookie oh but it's, it's got to be his girl it has to be yeah it has to be so they're they're both gonna go through some hardships These yeah guys go way back yeah a lot of loss and a big connection there and one thing i will say spoil alert here there are some figures and funko pops that were released or at least some images and we do see one of it's a two pack of han solo and chewbacca strapped together chained together yes and they do look a bit muddy as well so this could go back to mimban their first interaction and really giving us that explanation as to why Chewbacca has that life debt to Han Solo. They seem to escape this mud planet, Mimban, um, together at some point. So Han Solo seems to be able to to free Chewbacca there. So it's going to be interesting to see where that Wookiee scene actually plays out because he doesn't have the double bandoliers at that point. So it looks like that the Empire has taken the Wookiees to this this planet and using them as slaves as we've seen or heard in the past from the Legends universe. And then Han Solo here frees Chewbacca and they end up being best buds to the end of time. With Chewbacca, do you think we'll see his planet, Kashyyyk? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it it might be a bit much. Like we did see it in Revenge, right? It'd be cool just because of that to see yeah, it in this day and age. To see them know? maybe going and just with with Kashyyyk there, because we see it in Aftermath as well. Is that they um, they basically go in and take over Kashyyyk and use the Wookies as basic slave labor right and that's what they did in legends too i believe vader yeah. went there that's where he started his purge so that'd be really cool to see it done now especially with this kind of lens it's a little more grimy yeah that'd look really cool yeah and i this interaction with with solo and chewbacca on the falcon oh, that's great about him saying these like since when are you a pilot well 190 years old you look great i love that that works for me a lot that is again another fantastic way that they're using chewbacca to enhance Aldrich Einreich. Yes. Like that, the interaction, that interplay between the two is fantastic yep. in this trailer. And then the line that you referred to about, um, I got a good feeling about this. Yes. I love, love spinning that. Like oh, that is great. That is so cool. Like, of course they could have gone and done the very traditional, I've got a bad feeling about yeah. this, but we're looking at a very optimistic exactly. solo. Exactly. Which why it works. Exactly. Oh, just, and it's really well delivered yep. by Einreich as well. Uh, you know, we, we've always been a bit skeptical of Einreich and how he can Definitely. do Harrison Ford. And some of it comes down to here is, 
you know, his voice seems a little off, yeah. but it's a lot in the facial expressions. Yes. The way that he's twisting his head rapidly back and forth and looking at Chewbacca and how his mannerisms, like that's a lot of the character that I'm getting from the trailer. Yeah. And it's really bringing me in and saying, okay, the same way I've accepted Lando as being Donald Glover, like he doesn't look anything like Billy D. Right. Like they haven't even made an attempt. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always just accepted at face value that he is Lando Calrissian. I've never right. questioned that the same way I've questioned Aldrich Einreich being Harrison Ford's Han Solo. Definitely. And I'm getting more to that point where I'm now seeing through the actor and seeing the character. Right. Which is going to go a long way in watching the film is I'm not looking at Einreich and keep saying, this isn't Harrison Ford. This isn't Harrison Ford. I'm getting away from that now. And I'm just focusing now on Han Solo, the character, not the actor portraying him. Definitely. And especially now knowing that the the time gap, it helps a lot. Because yeah. before I didn't know if this was a two years, three years, four years. But now, you know, knowing that I think he's like 25, 18 at some points, then that makes more sense. Yeah. Because there's a big change, you know, that you go from 20 to 35, obviously. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah, it's, we get finally get here, which is interesting because Lando's not in this scene. But we have Solo, Kira, and Chewbacca on the Falcon, flying it and punching it. Looks great. The Falcon, yeah. we get some great scenes here of it flying through atmosphere, of it flying through space. So again, playing that big character yeah. moment. Very Force Awakens-like too, to yeah, see it that exactly. low in mind. Yeah. Exactly. And this great scene here, back to the train with Chewbacca and Han. Yeah, it's the Captain Bucky moment. Don't it let is go. very much. <laughs> I don't think Chewie's going to lose an arm here the same way, but no. absolutely love it. Gives yeah. kind of, again, gives a bit more of that perspective on the bond between these two characters. Yes. Right, that he's going to put all this effort into saving. So it always, and it kind of calls back to that Chewie is the one that consistently, until we get basically the introduction of Luke Skywalker and Leia, that he's going to protect no matter what. Yeah. Everyone else seems to fade by the wayside, not Chewbacca. Right. And we're getting a lot of that in this trailer. So yeah, brilliant trailer. Like uh, May 25th can't come soon enough. Yeah, it, it's great. I'm totally excited, man, to see this film now. That title card still is a little iffy to me, but that's just, that's just nitpicking, man. I'm really on board with this film. Yeah. It's My perspective has gone complete 360. This movie could still be horrible. Who knows? I don't know, but I'm going off of just the trailer alone. I'm excited as hell to see this film because yeah. I wasn't rooting it for it before. I I really did not care to see a, a solo film. I was going to see it, obviously, because it's Star Wars. But this trailer, I mean, even the last trailer, because it warmed up to me a lot, I'm, I'm down. Like, I can't wait to see this movie. Yeah, and that seems to be the generic feel from a lot of people. Yeah. I'm not going to say it a lot, but a lot of people have that, that same feeling earlier on. Do we need this? Right. And like I said at the start when we started reviewing this, yes, we totally do. Yes. And we're going to get it here <laughs> yeah. in just a few weeks. It's, it's incredible that we're building into another Star Wars film. We just got the steelbook for The Last Jedi, and we're, what, a month out? Just over a month out? from solo 40 some odd days yeah so it's i'm super excited this is the last bit of in-depth breakdown that i think we'll do the same way we've cut off infinity war at this point we'll do the same thing for solo here because i've gotten enough to get me really into this film really excited about it but i'm afraid that a next trailer or tv spots are going to start spoiling those moments that we really want to experience in theaters. So yeah. this will be our last in-depth breakdown of Solo. We're still going to talk about things as we get the action figures coming out. And of course, in the main build-up to the film itself, I may try to jump into some of the books as well. Those lead-in books, The Last Shot and a yeah. few others. And we got the Lando comic book series coming out right after. So there's a lot to look forward to. And realistically, after this film, we're going to have a year and a half 
where we don't get a Star Wars film. So our biggest gap since the arrival of The Force Awakens in the world of Star Wars. So oh. we're counting down to Solo, but we're also counting down to a big gap in really what we're getting for film universe Star Wars. There's a lot of things to come that have been announced with Ryan Johnson, right. the dudes from Guardian, or Guardians from Game of Thrones, right. and John, John Favreau. Favreau. So there's a lot of stuff coming, this potentially imminent arrival of a animated show. Yep. Or not arrival of it, but at least an announcement of it of some sort. Star Wars Land coming up. So there's a lot of Star Wars to talk about, but for the film universe, we're going to be kind of a bit dry for a little while here. So exciting things to come for Star Wars. We're both heavily on board for Solo. We'll get Sanjay's take on this. He did text me earlier and said that he really, really liked that. And he's starting to get more and more involved into this universe, more and more attached to it. He needs to be. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So... All in all, Solo is is kind of hot on the heels of Infinity War here. We're going to be changing gears for probably the rest of the month here yeah. to really get into and in the buildup of Infinity War. We've got a few movies to rock through for MCU retrospective, but we will be coming at you guys next week, bringing all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC with Sanjay back at the table. And with that, if you'd like to be part of the Nerd Room, you can always email us at thenerdrm at gmail.com. You can grab us on the nerdroom.net. Just click contacts. So you can find our page there, and I'll send us an email directly. You can always hit us up on Facebook or our YouTube page, which has become quite a bit more active recently with Troy and Sanjay throwing up some videos. And you can always grab us on Twitter. I want to give a shout-out to the guys that threw us questions this week's grabs and mark and for the boys that had their questions shifted matthew salvador and stubaka i want to say thank you for sending those in we will get to them next week and we look forward to answering them with sanjay back at the table and my man it's great to be back at the podcast good to have you back it, it feels good i feel like that rust shaking off <sighs> looking forward to getting in next week and to podcasting through the big release of Infinity War. Oh, it's going down, man. Yeah, it's coming up. It certainly is. So, given that, guys, until next week for The Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering The Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim's Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.